Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Touchdown! 75 yards! Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, horses. My bad. Stroud makes the connection with Brown. Straddling the sideline. Does he have the angle? He does. Touchdown. 75 yards. Just because you. Boy, I think they're building something special in Houston with C.J. Stroud. He looks fantastic. How about the Panthers passing on Stroud for Bryce Young? A guy we talked a lot of that with. Is on the Wester Hotline right now. My sideline brother out in Houston, John Harris, joins me on the Wester Hotline. I think you said it, man. You said it, buddy, in the offseason before that draft. You said the Texans would be perfectly fine with C.J. Stroud if he goes to number two. Yeah, you know, it's funny, Sal. There was so much, in, in, you know, obviously, you know, different fan bases. But you know how fan bases are. They get kind of locked in. No, 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 no. It's got to be yeah. this way. Yeah. Man, the the fans in Houston were Bryce Young all the way. They wanted Bryce Young. I kept telling them, like, I'm like, look, we're okay. If if the Panthers take Stroud, we end up with Young. Great. But if the Panthers do what I think they're going to do and take Bryce Young, I I love C.J. Stroud and what he brings and what he. I mean, just watching him throw, I'm like, I, that will be okay. Just just relax. And no, 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 we got to have Bryce or it's a bad thing. Well. Uh, it's worked out. A lot of fans are like, no, 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 no. What I, what I meant was, you know, there's a, lot of there's a lot of revisionist history here in Houston about who wanted, you know, who wanted what, when, and how. Um, but it didn't take long for fans to get on the C.J. Stroud bandwagon after, you know, a couple of, <clears throat> a couple of games to start the year. Like, wait a second. Uh, yeah. This guy's pretty special. Um, and then on top of that, you know, Will Anderson – you know, followed right after that. And, you know, yeah. Nick Casario and Miko Ryans, you know, took a lot of heat nationally. Like, oh, my God, they just gave up a, a number three pick in the draft next year. Um, no, the pick the Cardinals are going to get is somewhere in the 20s. And hopefully it's going to continue oh. to fall if we get a couple wins in the playoffs, which would be nice. Um, so, yeah, they, they went on a, on a limb and they went and got the face of the franchise uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And then a guy who's going to drive and lead the defense for a long time on that side of the ball. Two guys that. I don't know where we are without him in, in C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. 
How are you, buddy? Good to talk to you. Good morning to you, by the way. Yeah, man. How are you doing? I mean, we were texting the other day. Yeah, you, me, and TJ, and the three of us were not – our teams were not in the playoffs. We were lose and out, um, yeah. you know, before Saturday afternoon. And then, you know, things started happening, and, and you guys had to win, and you, you won a division. Tampa Bay had to win and win a division. And we had to win but get some help. And, and thank God for the Oilers uh, going uh, to beat the – I mean, the Titans, sorry uh, – to beat the Jaguars <laughs> in Nashville uh, to help yes. us out. Uh, after it's us to too. It. You're in well, Buffalo. You Bills needed that. Yes. Bills needed that for now. They Bills could have won in the division on their own, but until that happened, the Bills didn't even have a playoff spot. Once that happened, the Bills were locked in. It was a collective exhale here before going to Miami. It was crazy. I mean, all those all the Bills mafia down in Miami was like, "Man, give me another margarita, man. I'm good." I we know, right? In the playoffs now. Um, and let me ask you this, Sal. Since you got me on, I'm curious about this. Bills mafia is outstanding. Had you guys lost and had to go back to Miami, would they have just stayed there? <laughs> That's what we were wondering. I'm like, maybe they just, I'm like, you can't, I got to go back home. I need underwear, first of all. All right. I, I couldn't do that. But I mean, I don't know. That would have been really interesting. And I know um, I, it was not a good proposition. I don't think it would be nearly as many Bills fans there. There'd be a lot, John, but because people would be like, okay, like we didn't beat them without all these guys. Now we got to come back here in the playoffs in an afternoon game. Uh, not going to be pretty. So I don't think so. Thankfully, it turned out where it's going to be obviously Pittsburgh at Buffalo. It's going to be Miami in Kansas City in zero degrees, snowy temperatures. And of course, the four five game is right there in Houston. It's the Browns at the Texans. This is a rematch, John, from several weeks ago. CJ Stroud didn't play in that game, but the Browns are playing pretty well, too. I think this is going to be a fantastic game. How do you handicap it? Man, you're being kind when you say they beat us. Uh, Sal, because they beat the hell out of us. I mean, they yeah. physically just took over the game. What I thought was really interesting was the approach that Jim Schwartz uh, took in that game. He he did not bring heat on Case Keenum and Davis Mills early. He let his front four kind of get going a little bit and really started kind of working as a Darius Smith. I don't know, still, we didn't block him at all. And then he brought the blitz after that. I was like, wow. I mean, the way he approached it, I thought was really smart. And all of a sudden, before you know it, you blink, and Amari Cooper's got 290,000 yards, and he's setting records, and we haven't covered him, and they're up 36-7, to 7, and our building is just rock. And it's like, Merry Christmas, Texans fans. Take that. Like, okay, thanks. Um, so I do think there is a part of this building that quietly was like, okay, we got to take care of our business in Indianapolis, but, man, I'd like a piece of the Browns again. And I know what that's saying. I mean, we, you know, we've been in situations before in Houston where, like, oh man, I hope we get, you know, to see that team again um, because I think we'll beat them. You know, 2015, we got in the playoffs. We lost to the Chiefs earlier in the year. And Alex Smith playing, they beat us by seven. We played terribly, and so we're like, okay, we're going to get the Chiefs wild card round. We get revenge. We hadn't had a playoff game in three years. This place is rocking. I'm like my first playoff game on the sideline, like, we're getting these guys today. Nile Davis takes the kickoff for the Chiefs 100 yards for a touchdown. It's like, oh, well, that's the end of that. And we lost 30 to nothing. Now, Brian Hoyer ain't C.J. Stroud. And that's what we got going for us is that C.J. will be back. But beyond that, we'll have potentially Will Anderson back. We'll have Blake Cashman, who has been an outstanding player for us this year, back in that game. Uh, we should have some other pieces offensively that we're missing in the Indianapolis game. So, we hopefully will be as close as we can be to, at this point of the year, nobody's healthy. 
Uh, but we're going to be as close as we can to having a, a decent roster. What we, I think, maybe are starting to find a little bit, but we lack since Tank Dell went out, is the ability to go down the field. And maybe it's now Nico Collins that's doing that, like he did against Indianapolis. But we really have missed Tank. And when you think about a guy that's 5'8", 165 pounds, I mean, Sal, your son Max is bigger than he is, man. I'm telling you. He's, Tank <laughs> is a tiny guy. But he has got – baller i mean he's incredible and we've missed him we've we've missed his deep threat abilities we missed his his ability to catch and run and make people miss we missed that explosive speed so 2024 and beyond you know it's going to be fun to see you know nico and tank develop with cj and maybe another weapon with them but we don't have him for saturday uh but nico showed hey i can go deep i can be a deep threat absolutely let's go but this browns defense just threw blankets over case keenum and davis mills now will they do that to cj stroud We'll find out. I think CJ will obviously uh, give them more issues. And one of the things that um, I think CJ does, which is incredible to think about, Sal, in some sense, is when you come from college, you're so used to, especially at Ohio State, you're so used to your guys being college open. Like that dude's open by five yards, you know, that's college open. You get to the NFL and guys are open by not even, you know, two feet. You know, you, if a guy's got two feet um, of separation, you got to throw them the ball. Well, I noticed in that Browns game, our quarterbacks were turning down NFL open guys. Guys would be open. They'd be in a small space. They wouldn't take that chance. CJ will throw that football and throw it accurately. He has no problem doing that. um, And he's excellent at doing it. And we turned down a number of NFL open receivers in that game. So we've got to do a better job of hitting those receivers. And I think CJ will, but if we do, I think we can move the ball a little bit better. And we just got to worry about them, their front, and can we block it? And if we block it, do they bring the blitz? If they bring the blitz, can our guys get opening as man coverage? If we answer yes to all those categories, I think we can be in good shape offensively. And how about Devin Singletary? Just want to touch on his season after coming from Buffalo. It's literally like copy and paste his entire career, right? Another 800-plus yards, catching 30 passes, just kind of doing his work and doing his job. It's, 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 it's good to see Devin doing well there and, and thriving in Houston for you guys. Man, Sal, I can't tell you how much Motor has meant to this team. I mean, he's been inc- he's been incredible. I mean, I think he, I think his eight ninety eight is what he ended up with uh, yep. yardage wise. Sal, we went to Atlanta in week five. This is how much I'll tell you. You know, Devin Singletary being found money in your pocket. You know, everybody knows found money. Like you go and put your pants on. You know that you wore one night and you reach in your pocket and you're like, hey man, oh I got twenty bucks. Check this out. This is awesome. <laughs> That's kind of the way I feel like the Texans um, kind of fell into Devin Singletary. Week five, week five, we went to Atlanta. Lost a last-second field goal. Young Way Koo knocked it home. Lost 21-19. Devin Singletary had zero touches. Zero. Not a touch in that game. And a few weeks later, Damian Pierce got hurt. And so we're kind of – forced or the coaching staff was forced at that point we were clamoring for Devin we're like man what about motor well a couple weeks later Damien gets hurt motor jumps in we go to Cincinnati he puts up one fitty on the Bengals and was awesome then we go you know to to Tennessee late in the year and he puts up I can't remember what it was it was a 121 I'm looking at the box score 121 yeah 121 he should have had more he had a touchdown run in overtime they got called back but he has the big 41-yard catch in overtime uh, that got us in field goal range to, yep. to beat Tennessee when they were acting like Oilers. And we 
than have relied on Devin Singletary. The other night against Indianapolis, he didn't do a lot. I mean, numbers-wise. The numbers are, you know, I think it was like 24 for 60. But it was just two, three yards a pop. But then when we got down on the goal line, he has this run where he jump cuts, slides between two defenders, jump cuts again back to the right. I don't know how he saw the hole and slid into the end zone to give us the, give us the lead 23-17. And I'm standing right at the goal line, and I'm like, whoa, how do you make that cut? I even watch that on television. I'm like, how do you make that cut? He has meant the world to this offense. Um, and the thing is, I think the situation worked out for both squads, Sal. I think for Buffalo, getting James in the lineup yeah. was big. I feel like the, the Buffalo offense needed a guy like James Cook, who's a little different than Devin Singletary. And the Texans absolutely needed a dynamic, explosive, quick-footed running back like motor here. So I think it's actually worked out. And I hope they can get a contract worked out with him because he has been one of the key figures uh, in this team ever since the Atlanta game. They realized they got flew home from Atlanta. I'm like, wait, Motor got no touches? Mika Rimes is like, wait, Motor got no touches? Well, we got to change this. So when Damian got hurt, Devin stepped in, and he's not giving the job back. And I don't know um, if he will give that job back. Um, so we have been so, so pleased with Motor and just, you said it, Sal. You told me just what a great guy he is. He is a tremendous, yeah. tremendous dude, and we love having him here in Houston. James Cook drafted in the second round by the Bills last year. John is big on the draft. You can follow him at uh, on Twitter at jharrisfootball. I want to ask you about this year's draft. I think it's an interesting dis- decision the Bears are going to have to make. Where do you fall on what they should do with, A, Justin Fields, and or B, the number one pick, and how all of that should shape up given the quarterback class here? Oh, man. it's. <laughs> I mean, the thing about it for the Bears is they at least have options. You know, yeah. the Carolina Panthers, you had two wins, two wins, I think. What, what are their options? I mean, to just continue to rely on, on Bryce? I mean, you got to get him help. Um, I mean, it's brutal. But at least the Bears have, and they've got some decent options. I mean, the trade for Sweat was outstanding. Um, I, I saw a lot of growth in Justin Fields. But here's the, here's the issue now. And, I, and I'm curious how this is going to go down. You know, he's got his third year done. He's done with his third year. So he could, he could, I don't think this would be smart, but he could start saying, hey, you guys need to extend me. You know, if you show confidence in me, you need to, ex- you know, extend my contract, give me a contract extension. So he could do that. I don't think he, he should, but he could do that. Now that would throw a whole nother uh, monkey wrench in the thing. But I feel like, I feel like with what they have, with picks one and nine, I think it is, I feel like trading fields, getting more draft capital for him, and then putting a pick on Caleb Williams, who I think is a much better quarterback than Justin Fields. I think Justin has been a quarterback who's athletic, um, or I should say he's an athlete trying to play quarterback. I think Caleb Williams is – an athletic quarterback who can do some amazing things. Now, is he a little different? Well, yeah, sure. I mean, but who isn't in the game of football? There's nobody that's normal playing this game of football. So I think Chicago needs a little bit of that. I think they need a little bit of um, je ne sais quoi, I guess, is maybe the right way of saying it. I think Caleb Williams would give it to him. And if they decide, hey, you know what, we like Drake May better. Or, you know what, we right. like Jaden Daniels better. Okay, they've got options. So – if you could go get 
some draft capital for Fields. Maybe it's Atlanta. I don't know. We'll see. Um, that's where he's from, and there's been a lot of smoke around that, so we'll see. But if they could get some draft capital for Fields, let him reset somewhere else, and get back on a rookie contract, a guy with a rookie contract, you know, if that guy hits like C.J. Stroud does, you know, you've got three years, really, um, that you're on a rookie contract, and you can do some things with. And they've got cap space. So, to me, I don't think Fields has done enough to stave off a really talented rookie coming in with that rookie contract. I think if I'm the if I'm the Bears, and I know the fans want to keep him, I think they just you know it's the it's the devil you know versus the one you don't. Well, you know in Houston they didn't want like I said earlier they didn't want C.J. Stroud. Well, guess what? Now they've got C.J. Stroud for their two years under a rookie contract, and we got a lot of cap space in 24. So hey, maybe we can do something. I think the Bears get get a give a contract to Justin Fields either this year or next year, well, that's going to be really hard to put a team around him when he starts yep. getting paid that amount of money. So I'm not a, I'm not a big fan. He hasn't done enough to say I'm the face of the franchise. Put your trust and money in me. So I, uh, I, I agree without- with you. I agree with you. I think you have to restart the clock on the rookie contract because I, I just haven't, you, you, if you have that many questions, I think that's your answer, right? If, that, if that's the way it goes down. And they do. I mean, they have until May to pick up his fifth-year option. They can do that. But I agree with you. I think that's the better way to play play it. And maybe somebody gets Justin Fields on his second team, and he starts to grow even more. But I think for their purposes. And then real quick before I let you go here, we are kind of invested in you know what the Dolphins do with Tua. He does have a fifth-year option next year at $23 million. You've seen him now. You've seen him with Mike McDaniel in the offense. There's a lot of talk about, wow, he's pretty pedestrian without that against better teams. What do you think they should do with him? Tua, going into his yeah, his contract is up, essentially. They do have the fifth year next year. He's under contract, $23 million. How do they play that? That's a, that's a tricky one in field. Because, to, at least with the Bears, they got the number one pick. So they can go. They can get their quarterback. Right. Um, I think the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are going to pay him. I, I, I don't know that it's the the perfect and right decision, but I do think they're going to pay him. And I think the the game the other night was. I mean, I think it was a it was not a great case for Tua Tungavailoa to get a big contract. But right. I think they might be able to bring him back without giving him Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert money. Now I don't know who his agent is, but. I don't if, if he's going to want Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert money. I'm like, we're going to let you play in a fifth year option, and we'll see where this goes. That's that's the way I approach that. Now, if he wants to take a, you know, like the deal that Dak Prescott took, his first deal, if he wanted to take something like that, like thirty million, thirty thirty five, I might do that. You know, find some way with a three year, four year deal where I can get out of it after a couple years, um, and if it's great. And it goes tremendously the next couple of years. Okay, we'll renegotiate. Because now we're talking about a top five quarterback in the league. Okay. But I he wants Herbert Burrow money. Nope. I'm not doing it. I am I am not doing it. I'm gonna let you play on that fifth year option and we'll see where it goes after that. Hey buddy, we gotta run for Sean McDermott's presser. Listen, good luck this weekend. Have fun with it. I know you guys have been wanting this for a while. It's been a little while. You're back in a spot. You got a great quarterback, you great young man there in CJ Stroud. Um, oh, I think that we just lose John. I think I might have. I think I might have lost John. Oh, man. And I was going to tell John. Hold on. I was going to tell John that him next week. Hey, can you call, call him back real quick? I got a minute. <clears throat> Sorry. 
Go ahead. Can you call him back real quick? Get him on? I need to tell John that, you know, if he comes up next week, because we had some fun last time he came up, and uh, I took around the radio guys for the Texans, and it was John and Mark Vandermeer, their play-by-play guy, and Andre Ware. I, I, mean, I mean, when you grow up, and you're like me, and you're a big college football fan and NFL fan, and Andre Ware was this almost amazing like quarterback ever and breaking all these records, and you're like, watch him, you're in awe, and then one day, just re- he's in the front seat of my car, I'm taking him for ice cream in Buffalo. I was like, well, hey, you're Andre Ware, he's sitting in my car in the front seat, it was cool. He does uh, sidelines, I'm sorry, he does um, color analyst for the uh, Texans, John does obviously the um, the sidelines, so we're going to try and get John on real quick so I can say goodbye to him the right way, I think we have him now. John, I was just telling the story about you guys coming up to Buffalo a couple of years ago and how Andre, I'm like, I'm, I literally have Andre Ware in the front seat of my car taking him for ice cream, it was amazing, right? I mean, that's incredible. So, I wanted to say, good luck this weekend, enjoy it, and if you uh, do happen to come to Buffalo next weekend, you know we're going out for wings. Yeah, 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 no, no doubt, and I know Andre had a great night, we had a great night that night, the next day not so much, but... Uh, yeah, if we end up in Buffalo, I would imagine that uh, you're going to be carting us around getting wings and ice cream. <laughs> Buddy, you know I love you. Good luck this weekend. We'll talk later. Yeah, man. Love you. Good luck, and uh, hopefully we'll see you down the road, brother. All right, you got it. That is John Harris from the Houston Texans sideline reporter. Sean McDermott, weekly press conference on the way next year on WGR. All right, as soon as Sean McDermott hits the podium at One Bills Drive, we will take you there for his weekly press conference. He'll address injuries this coming week against the Pittsburgh Steelers and the game, of course, coming up against the Steelers and his friend and former college teammate, Mike Tomlin. Tomlin's future is interesting, right, in Pittsburgh? I mean, they've been, they've been so successful under him all these winning seasons they've had. Yet... You know, they've taken he's he's taken a lot of heat over the last few years of not getting the team to a certain point, much like here in Buffalo with fans with Sean McDermott. Um, the difference is obviously Tomlin has a Super Bowl on his on his resume. He's won a Super Bowl championship in Lombardi, and that buys you a lot of time. But the Steelers are an organization that does not like to make head coaching changes. They've had three in their entire history, which is amazing to think about. Right. The Bills will go through three head coaches in four years for quite a while. And, you know, Tomlin now, though, with some of the changes they've made, as Tim pointed out, maybe he felt, you know, he didn't want to have to move on from the offensive coordinator. It's not typically a position he wants to be in. Might have been heat from the organization. We'll see ownership, Rooney's. um, And now, you know, again, navigating this to get to the seventh seed, if they bow out again early in the playoffs, what that does. And maybe he wants a break. Maybe he wants to step away. That's been some of the reporting lately coming from, some of the national reports. And then, you know, you also have the possibility, would they look to trade him? Uh, I was listening to Colin Coward actually yesterday who said, and I believe this, you know, he's talked to TV executives who would love Mike Tomlin in the booth. I think Tomlin would be great in the booth. I do. Or on, on, on the desk. I think he'd be amazing. So, you know, we'll see what he happens with him, with Mike Tomlin. We'll also see what happens with Bill Belichick. We are still on Belichick watch. Um, not sure what's going to happen with Bill Belichick, although I, it just feels like there's going to be a separation there, right? feels like there's going to be a parting of the ways between Belichick and the Patriots. And I'm going to include them. Now, I apologize. I've been teasing it. It might have to wait till tomorrow because once we have McDermott, we'll, we'll air that. Maybe I'll do it with Joe. Hopefully Joe will be back tomorrow and is feeling better. But if I can, I might have to wait till tomorrow to have my rankings of head coach openings because I'm going to put the Patriots on the list just in case. Because I think that's one that feels to me like it's going to happen. And I do wonder, I do wonder if the Mike Vrabel situation 
was even prompted by Vrabel kind of saying, hey, I'm not making the changes you want to make. You can fire me. It seems like that is kind of what happened in Tennessee. If you're reading some of the reports coming out of there, there's maybe like a little bit of a power struggle. They wanted some changes. He didn't want to make some changes. That happens in head coaching, in coaching. It happens a lot. You say the ownership or whoever comes and says, you got to make these changes on your staff. Like, no, I'm not making them. Like, you hired. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Me to run this franchise the way I think is best, I'm going to do that. Well, if you're not making changes, then we're going to change you. Okay, go ahead. And you stick to be lo- being loyal. And I-, I know a lot of people don't get that. Yeah, well, I'm in to keep... <clears throat> To keep my job, I would definitely make those changes if the owner said it. Well, look, I mean, if you get hired, I've always looked at it this way. If you get hired to be the head coach and you have the authority to hire and fire your own coaches, then that's what you should have. And if the ownership comes to you at one point and goes, well, we got to make a change here. Nope, you, you, you put your trust in me. I'm going to run it. You're not the football person. I am. I know there's issues here with something. And then the ownership says, well, well then we'll have to fire you. Then, you, you you know, to me, I mean, it speaks volumes to be loyal like that and say, no, you, you stick to what you gave me. Stick to the contract you gave me. Stick to the agreement we had. I'm going to be loyal to my people. I understand both sides, but, I, I man, you know, that's that's a noble stance to take. And I think it means a lot to a lot of people when you take that stance. If that's what happened with Mike Rabel, it might also be because he knows or he sees or he thinks Belichick's going to be gone, and he wants that job. And I do think the Patriots would be in a better position with Vrabel than a lot of people they could hire. Certainly more than they would be with Bill O'Brien or Josh McDaniels, which, I don't know, is that not even something that's out there, but McDaniels apparently could come back as the OC for Belichick if he stays. Yes, please, go do that. Go keep Bill Belichick, keep his staff in place. Like, don't make any changes. That would be great. I mean, Josh McDaniels, fine. Who's the quarterback? Who wears his receivers? I mean, that would be great. I think they need a change. I think Kraft wants to make a change, but there's so much there that you have to consider with him and the record and what he means to the organization, of course. And if Bill Belichick at this point is saying, I'll stay and I'll give up control, he probably stays. You know, personnel control. But it doesn't mean that Kraft necessarily still wants him to. He might just feel obligated in that sense. Well, he's given me, you know, I don't have I can let him coach and I can look at it the other way and we'll ride this out together. So I don't know what's going to happen.
But it is super interesting to me also that Gerard Mayo's been kind of the guy pegged for that job, and now it could suddenly be Vrabel, and then there's talk of Mayo going to Tennessee. That'd be like a trade. They'd be trading Vrabel for Mayo in Tennessee and in New England. So I, I think, I do think ultimately they'll have a separation there, but I, who knows? Maybe they want to trade him. Maybe they're waiting on that. And who trades for him? What do you give up? They'll ask for a first-round pick. I don't think you get it. Maybe some team says, no, 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 no. I need Bill Belichick here. We're going to let him coach. And someone else will pick the players or maybe both. And he's going to w- break that record on our sideline and our colors. That, that means a lot to owners. And then you have Jim Harbaugh sitting out there. What's he going to do? I think he wants, I think he'll, he'll want to come back into the NFL. I just, I, I wonder if like now is the time or maybe he, like to me, it should be the time if he wants to do it. Or maybe he just loved what he did this year so much and said, you know what? I control everything here and I won and I have all the autonomy unless he gets that from another team. Maybe what's, that's what he wants in the NFL feels to me like some team out there, whether it's the Raiders or the Chargers is going to kind of do the Godfather, make Jim Harbaugh an offer he can't refuse. Just say, you come here, and we're going to give you everything you need. We're going to give you all the money and all the power. And what's left for Harbaugh at Michigan? He's done it all now. He's won a championship. It's not like he'd say, well, there's unfinished business. If I leave, I'll feel like I'm a failure, and I never got my alma mater where they wanted. He did. He did that now. So I feel like now would be the best time for him to do that. It would would be interesting if he was in the AFC with the Raiders or the Chargers with his brother there in the AFC all and still you know performing at a high level as a head coach heard a theory yesterday that maybe Washington would be the place to do it they have the money and his brothers in Baltimore literally like what an hour away they could live near each other see each other family you know mom and dad you see the video of Harbaugh hugging his mom and his dad after the uh, national championship on the field it's awesome Awesome. Love seeing it. But, you know, that could be something that could be in play. You know, the Raiders would love to make a big splash like that. The Raiders, their conundrum is that Antonio Pierce seems like everybody in that organization, all the players, like want Antonio Pierce to get the job. And But you got to do what's best for the organization overall. And I don't know if you can do that. I don't know if he's the right guy for it. I don't know if Mark Davis feels that way. But he did a nice job. Mark Davis probably wants the big splash. He probably wants Harbaugh or Belichick, something like that. That's why he went after a guy like Josh McDaniels. And I know that you know Josh didn't have Super Bowls and Lombardis as a head coach, but he had a huge cachet and name, right? Coming from New England and what he where he was. That's what they do. You know, Gruden, right? I mean, that's what they do. And I, I bet you that he feels he needs someone like Harbaugh. And I think Harbaugh could be successful in the NFL. I just don't know if he'd be successful long-term in the NFL. What I mean by that is some coaches are very good at coming in and changing the culture and really putting their stamp on things, and bam, immediately it is successful, it hits. But after a while, it wears on you. I think that's that's Rex Ryan to me. Now, he didn't change. He didn't. He wasn't super successful in Buffalo right away, right? But I think the, the culture change and what he does, but after a while, it kind of like, eh, I don't know. I think it kind of passed him by at that time, but that's what he did with the Jets. I thought he, he was a great culture changer in did a great job to kind of get everybody pushing in the same direction and rah-rah and locker room and all that, and then it just kind of wears on you and you don't win. And guys can be like that. So I, I, I think Jim Harbaugh will probably be successful wherever he goes in the NFL, at least 
pretty much initially, maybe after a year, for a short period of time, and then we'll see. And we'll see what kind of quarterback he has. That always matters, right? That's why when I was going to do my you know, head coach openings, that I probably am going to have to Chargers number one because they do have the best quarterback of any of these job openings right now. The job openings right now, Commanders, Falcons, Chargers, Panthers, Raiders, Titans. Like I said, I'll kind of tweak this and talk about it hopefully with Joe tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow, though, about the uh, the rankings because I want to dig a little more. And maybe we have news on Belichick today. Maybe that actually puts him in or out of this list because the other one would be the Patriots and who's their quarterback. Zappy, Mac Jones? <coughs> I'm not sure. But think about the quarterbacks that are here on these lists, on this list. I, you could argue, I mean, that... Okay, let's go to One Bill's Drive. Here's Sean McDermott. The update, uh, updates on the injury on the injury front so far. So uh, the following players will not practice today. Gabe Davis, Russell Douglas, Taylor Rapp, Tyrell Dodson, and then limited uh, in the concussion protocol is Ty Johnson. Deion Dawkins has a uh, uh, hand laceration coming off the game, so he'll be limited as well. And then veteran rest will be Vaughn and and uh, Leonard Floyd. So with that, I'll turn it over to you, and uh, we'll go from there. What is Taylor Rapp dealing with? Uh, calf. That's pretty different from last week's shot. Hearing the report's a bit different. Is that is, It must be a concern going into a, into a playoff game now. Yeah, would you like to be a little healthier than that? Yes, we've been dealing with it, quite honestly, most of the year, and we found a way, and um, we'll continue to do that. An indication on you know, potential availability for some of the guys, Russell, Tyrell? As far as the game goes, you mean? Or Yeah, no. Um, just talking with the trainers, we got to take it one day at a time here and see, see how we go. So you put them all in that day-to-day bucket? Yeah. Sean, with, with Joe Brady, since you observed him in his new role and worked with him, what has stood out about his process? Uh, yeah, I would say, bless you, right from day one, and Joe in this, in this role has been um, a great communicator, uh, very collaborative, and um, his energy um, you know, allows for that. He's got good energy to get up out of his seat from his desk, go connect with said coach and make sure that they're aligned on on the plan and the understanding of the plan and uh, or, or whatever it might be. So I think that's that's what stood out the most. Can you talk about Rudolph and what he's meant to them? I mean, kind of came out of nowhere, really, and they're 3-0. and yeah. Why has that happened, do you think, if you watch them? Uh, they're, they're playing good football. Um, again, I've said this before, you don't look at records. I mean, people could look at our record and say, say the same thing, right, just in terms of, hey, well, um, they snuck into the playoffs, whatever. Um, this is a good football team. Uh, undefeated under Mason Rudolph and well coached, um, playing good on both sides of the ball and special teams. Um, so um, I think when you watch the last three games in particular, uh, they're playing high quality football. What do you think about the physical? What do you see on film about the physical nature of their play on both sides of the line in yeah. the line of scrimmage? Very physical, um, very very physical, um, as physical as we've seen all season. They've also, I think it's, I saw the stat since week nine, they've run the ball more than any team in the league. Sunday could be one of those days in Orchard Park. So, it, it, you know, their running game, what, what do you have to do to kind of keep that under control? Well, it starts with the mindset. Um, 
you know, it starts with the mindset. So you got to have that. Um, and um, that's really where it starts. So it's a physical game. They're a physical team. Um, look, if we want to, if we want to have a chance, we got to play physical. Uh, there's no, there's no negotiating around that or finding a way around it. Um, that's the style of football you have to play, in particular this time of year and, and against this football team. Sean, I know playoffs usually wipe the slate clean. Nothing you did before matters, but considering the mindset of your team for over a month has been playoff must-win scenarios, do you encourage them to almost carry that over as opposed to, to normal years that are in the postseason? Um, I would say yes, uh, just overall. Um, we have to continue to take uh, the lessons we've learned from the last six weeks or so and and continue with those, uh, continue to apply those lessons. And um, I think the biggest thing is just the love that uh, the, dis- the different displays or different forms of love that the guys have shown uh, through their play in some, in some capacities and then just, you know, off the field in other capacities. And I think that's probably the biggest thing in terms of, um, how they've done some of the things that they've that they've done to this point. Sean, I'm not sure if I remember remember back to the start of training camp, but you were joking about all the buzz about Dalton Kincaid and all the fantasy buzz, and said, "Can you just can we just wait to let him get his helmet on first and have a full practice?" Well, I'm checking back in. What do you make of that? Um, I would say, first of all, he's had a very very good year as, as his first season in the NFL, and I'm not surprised. You know, you just some of that is so you guys don't, you know, put too much expectations on a young player who hasn't even at that point practiced one one snap in at least training camp in the NFL. So, um, you know, it's I think he's had a phenomenal year. I think his approach has been tremendous um, with Coach Boris and and having Dawson in that room and Q, Q Morris. I mean, it's a really good room in terms of the, the, the mentality of the room and the day-to-day approach. Um, and, Dal- and Dalton is, is wired the right way. Um, he's, he's stayed resilient. Um, he's gotten his uh, legs back underneath him after probably a little bit of a, of a wall there that most players uh, endure. And I think that says a lot about his mental toughness also. Just as a follow-up, in a broader picture, given Gabe's uncertainty of his status, how important is it to be entering the playoffs having Dalton and Khalil and even you know other guys step you know emerge um, to take that load off? Um, should Gabe not be available? Yeah, I mean you saw that this past weekend, and um, we've got to move forward, and and we are uh, we're going to need it again. It takes everyone. Um, and you never know uh, when your number is going to be called, as it was for Balin last week or Vandy, um, Trent, um, many others, right? T-Rap, Deontay. Uh, so you've got to be ready when your number is called, and um, that goes back to what happens today and, and, and the week as, as we build into uh, to Sunday there. All right, we will uh, have the full Sean McDermott press conference on demand at WGR550.com and on the Odyssey app. We'll take a timeout here. We'll come back. We'll wrap up your Wednesday and recap what he said about injuries after this timeout on the Extra Point Show on WGR. Ah, Josh, I just can't shake these Dolphins fans now in my mentions. Really? Can't They're shake that them, mad about the weather? No, they're that mad because I simply tweeted out that I think that it's interesting 
that Dolphins fans and media were making fun of Bills fans and media, whatever, for you know last year's game and saying, hey, it was so hot down there. But now some of their fans are like, yeah, I should move this game. And I get a lot of people go, no one's actually saying that. You're making it up. No, like people have sent me screenshots of people actually saying that. So you're wrong. They are saying it. But it wasn't meant. I, and here's, I, let me also be clear. I, they won't want to hear this. Like, I am, I know it's it's not a good situation to be playing football in that weather, but it is going to happen. And I, you know, we've had that before in the NFL. So I understand. I'm not telling you they should move the game, but, you know, for being here in Buffalo and the fact that we had to move a game through snow and stuff, I respect that. But this is, this is not one of those situations. It's going to be just super cold. But anyway, Dolphins fans just, it's, ah, that damn Adam Beasley, that's because he, because he quote tweeted me and they saw saw it. Now they're coming after me. So whatever. Go have fun in Kansas City this week. Do what you got to do. Because if you beat the Chiefs, you go to Baltimore. And then the Chiefs are out, which is great. And the Bills then would get the winner of the Browns and Texans. However, on Saturday, we'll know this, by the way. We will know the Bills situation Sunday when they play because both other AFC games are on Saturday. If the Chiefs win, they will come to Buffalo. We would know that. And then the winner of the Texans-Browns game would go to Baltimore. So you could look at it either way, Bills fans, how you want to do this. Would you rather get the Dolphins out and and or say, you know, I want the Chiefs in Buffalo, Mahomes in Buffalo, they can win that game. I'm not scared of them. And then have the Texans or Browns go to Baltimore and see, take your chances on them knocking them out? Or would you rather the Dolphins win? You get the winner of the Texans-Browns game here, but do the Dolphins have much of a shot to beat Baltimore? And if they did and you win, you get the... We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Dolphins here at home again. I think you look at it a few different, different ways. 4.30 p.m. It's the... NFL AFC South after school special, they like to call it. Every time the AFC South, it's always a Saturday AFC South game in the wild card, super wild card weekend. And that's what it is this week, 4.30. It's going to be Browns at Texans. And then after that, night game on Peacock. It's going to be uh, Dolphins at Chiefs. And, of course, 1 o'clock here, Orchard Park on Sunday, Bills Steelers. Sean McDermott just addressed the media a little while ago. He said all the uh, guys that are injured are not going to practice today. Dodson, Davis, Rasul Douglas, and uh, Taylor Rapp, and then Ty Johnson and Deion Dawkins will be limited. It will be a walkthrough, so it's an estimation. All are considered day-to-day. Sabres Live up next. One Bills Drive, One Bills Live, with more of that from One Bills Drive after that here on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.